The point of Since You Asked at the Commons is to promote learning and growth. So take only what you find useful and use it in your life. Are you worn and exhausted from living a life of aimlessly going through the motions? When you're living this way, it's easy to feel that our lives lack meaning, but that sentiment couldn't be further from the truth. Dear friend, so much of what you're hoping for is already right in front of you. You just might need some inspiration. Welcome to the Commons with Carla. Join us as we learn, grow, and connect week after week to create lives and homes where every day, moment, and relationship is overflowing with purpose and intention. I am Carla Osorno, and this is episode 70 of the podcast. This is a Since You Asked episode where I talk about the questions and topics everyday women are asking about life, work, and relationships. Today, we are talking about task lists, digital photo storage, audiobooks for reading, and a book I read in June. Let's jump in. So when I am talking with people, one of the topics that I get a lot of questions about is what I do to keep track of my tasks. For some reason, people think I'm super organized, and I always remind them that the reason I have to use systems is because my mind tends to jump from thing to thing to thing, and I get easily distracted. And so my systems really help me to have some semblance of order and control over my um, chaotic mind, I would say. So it's not really uh, natural. It's really a coping mechanism. So if you're like me and you like to have systems, then maybe some of these ideas that I can tell you today will be helpful. But um, my systems have definitely changed over time. And really what I'm using right now is an amalgamation of systems that I like from friends um, and mentors both in real life and online. So are you overwhelmed by the volume of tasks that need to get handled? Then hopefully, like I said, these suggestions will be helpful. I like to use lists. I've always used lists. And for me, there's just some peace in knowing that you don't have to carry all of your ideas and those tasks in your mind or in your head. I don't have the best memory. So getting my thoughts down on paper is helpful. And I've been known to wake up with my head full of ideas or tasks to accomplish. And so I write them down on paper, even in the dark, so that I can just even go back to sleep. Um, Definitely in seasons of my life, that has been true. It's not always true. Right now, I feel like I'm not doing that. But definitely when I was working in manufacturing, that was true. And certainly when there's like a big project or, you know, even um, I find this to be the case when I'm getting ready to go on vacation. So that might be true for you as well. I'm sure that I am not alone in being overwhelmed with the myriad of things and responsibilities that we have to do. As women, we have many roles and lots to get done to care for people and move the ball forward on projects. So with regard to lists, these are some ideas. You can dump, you can make task lists um, and just dump whatever's on your mind right onto that paper. It's really easy to write things down on paper and then look at that paper and think that all of those things have the same priority. So since that isn't true, you have to be careful not to just pick and choose the easier fun tasks from your list and then let important items go undone. So once I dump onto my list, I organize it. I use paper for that brainstorming and that dumping, but then I put the tasks 
into Trello, depending on how large the project is. Trello is an app that I learned about probably, gosh, I learned about it from Bethany. Thank you, Bethany. About must have been January of 2021. So uh, yeah, a year and a half ago. And it's an app where you can create boards for projects and areas of responsibility, and then you track the progress to completion. So I use this even in in doing the podcast, even though I do the same steps all of the time, I mark them off just so that I can have that sense of accomplishment, but also so that I know for sure that that was done because it's easy to think, oh, I did that, but you didn't do it for episode 70. You did it for episode 69 and you're just remembering that. And so Trello has the opportunity for checklists and all that kind of stuff. And it's great. But anyway, I track the progress to completion and In Trello, you can get as detailed and creative as you want. Um, It also allows you to collaborate with others in your family or work teams by sharing the boards. So Whitney and I share boards, um, Bethany and I share boards, and then we can all be on the same page as far as what's getting accomplished. As I mentioned, I do use the checklist, um, and I think it just feels good to mark things off. It gets things off of your mind, and um, it's really, really helpful. Just a quick break to tell you about our sponsor, Genie Clip. You guys, I used to get these annoying holes in my t-shirts and I had no idea what it was from. I had a lot of guesses, but no idea that it was from my jeans. But no more. The Genie Clip has saved me from spending money on t-shirts that I can't wear. I love mine. I have several. So whether I'm wearing white jeans or blue jeans or black jeans, or I just want to use one of the prints to fancy myself up, I am loving Genie Clip. And you will too. As a listener to the show, you can get a discount. Genie Clip is offering listeners to the comments with Carla a 20% discount. So use the code. You can find it in the show notes. Use the code Carla. 20. That's Carla two zero to get 20% off your genie clips today. Get them as gifts for friends, get some for yourself with that discount. You can even get more than one. They have a multi-pack right now that has a blue, a white, and a black. So grab that one for yourself and a friend. Anyway, thanks for listening. Now back to the show. So I wanted to read this to you. This is comes from a planner that Cal Newport puts out. Um, a time block planner, but on this specific week, he says this, having deadlines and obligations floating around in your mind is exhausting. It makes it impossible to completely relax and over time can lead you down the path toward a breakdown. However, once you figure out what work needs to be done and when, it's like a weight being lifted from your shoulders. The uncertainty vanishes. When you work, you can fully concentrate on the assignment in front of you. And when you relax, you can do so without anxiety. So I think that lists are super helpful for just that. And about a year ago, I started using Cal Newport's time blocking system. I'll put a link in the show notes so that you can check it out. He has a great video that says what it's about, but I have found it to be highly effective. And he purports that you get 2X results and I can testify that it is true. By blocking my work day, so not my entire day or my entire life, but my work day, I'm able to be honest about what on those 
task list can actually be accomplished. And then I can prioritize the most important items rather than the temptation to do the easiest or most fun items. And I find that when I do this, then I get to the things that matter to me instead of just getting feeling like I got a lot done, but maybe it wasn't the things that were most important. So I really, really love time blocking and I recommend it if if that's something that you can see yourself doing or that would be helpful. The people that I have recommended it to have found the same results that I have. So check it out if you're looking for a way to get more done in the work hours you have while still living your life according to your personal core values. The next question comes from a common situation any woman who uses her phone camera will have. What do you do with your digital photos? With the ease of taking pictures and screenshots with smartphones, I was at a loss as to how to keep up with digital photos. Years ago, when I used a small automatic camera, I had a solid process. Back in the days of scrapbooking, you know, during those years that I would do this and when I was using that automatic camera, I this is the process that I used. When the camera disc was full, I would download the photos from the device to my computer organize them by event and print the photos I wanted so that I could scrapbook them or use them in frames. Then periodically I would back up the camera or excuse me, not the camera, but the computer to a hard drive. But once I began using my phone camera, two things happened. The quantity of pictures I took increased exponentially and I began to capture images to remind myself of things like a to-do list. So if I saw something that was interesting to me, I would take a picture of it. You guys probably do this too. And then I would have that picture as a reminder, thinking that I would go back to it and it would trigger me to do something. It's not very effective. I find I often just move on and forget to look at the picture. And then later I'm like, oh, what was this? But anyway, um, so that system that I used with my automatic camera was too cumbersome for all of these photos that I had, and it just didn't make any more, it it didn't make sense anymore. So some of the pictures, they weren't events, they were just temporary reminders and definitely not a long-term keepsake. So I was listening to a podcast and I heard about this photo storage expert, Miss Freddie. That's not really her name. Her name is Casey, but she's known as Miss Freddie. And if you go to her site, you can find out the story behind that name. Um, But she teaches you to organize your photos. She offers services, teaches you about taking better photos, and offers advice on printing individual photos and photo books. I've taken some of her classes, and I found them very easy to follow, thorough, and extremely helpful. So I, obviously, digital photos are an ongoing project, but since I've started following the process that Miss Freddie outlines, I have peace of mind knowing that I'm making progress and protecting those memories that are important to me. One of the value-added things that Miss Freddie did was to research and compare companies that produce photo books. She looked at the quality, the paper, the cost, the service, and I took her advice and was thrilled with the 80th birthday gift our family gave to my father-in-law. And she she just, she was really, um, her advice was solid. And I just have found that the classes that she offers are really a great value. So I I guess I wanted to answer this question by saying I have, I didn't figure it out on my own, but with Miss Freddie's help, I feel like I have my digital photos more under control. 
So you can check her out if you're looking for help with your digital photos. And um, I hope you like her. I think she's great. Um, she's so organized and her classes are so easy to follow. And I just really hope that you find value in that as well. So I'll obviously put the link to her site in the show notes. And I'll also list what classes I've taken from her. And um, if you have any other questions, just reach out. I'm happy to help. Um, okay, next question. Do audiobooks count as reading? Gosh, I've heard a lot of people talk about this. And yes, the short answer is yes. Of course, audiobooks count as reading. So I looked this up on the Oxford Languages Dictionary to see how reading is defined. And according to them, reading is a noun and has two meanings. So this is so interesting, you guys. So the first meaning is the action or skill of reading written or printed material silently or aloud. And the example they give is the reading of a will. And so I would add the reading of a book. So that's one part of the definition. The other part is an occasion at which poetry or other pieces of literature are read aloud to an audience, a poetry reading, or I would add a novel reading. So the idea is that if and if in an audiobook the narrator is reading the book aloud to you, it's still a reading. You're taking it in with your ears instead of your eyes, but both count as reading. So I think this is very important because we have gotten so locked into thinking reading is only with our eyes. And for so many people, that just isn't possible, whether it's time, whether it's aptitude, whether it's, you know, just maybe you're kinesthetic. And so you learn better when you're moving rather than sitting still. Like there's so many reasons that prevent people from reading. And I just think we need to redeem that. And so if you're taking in a story or content, whether it's with your eyes, a physical book or an electronic book, or with your ears, an audio book, you are reading. And so I I'm hoping that if, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, then you give yourself permission to count audiobooks as reading. I like to use the app called Libby to listen to audiobooks. And the app itself is free. And then you use your library card to register so that you can check out audio and ebooks from your library based on availability for free. And it all comes through that Libby app. Occasionally I will use Audible and also I've recently used Libro FM, which are subscription based. So those are options for being able to get audiobooks. But like most of my content comes through free through Libby. Adding audiobooks to your life means that you can read more. Because if you think about it, your reading time of a physical book is pretty limited. You have to be able to sit still, be still, and hold the book. And so for me, that's typically at bedtime or occasionally during the day, I can snag some reading time and read a physical book. But most often I'm on the move. I'm doing chores, I'm driving, I'm exercising or you know, cooking, or, or I guess that would be a chore. But anything that you're doing where you're moving your hands, moving your body, listening to an audiobook is possible. And it allows you just to have more time to read. And since I love books and want to take in a lot of content, this, this works. And so, yeah, another reason. Just a quick break to say thank you for listening to the Commons with Carla podcast. I love getting messages from women who share that they resonate with the guests and feel like they are part of the conversation. 
That's one of the primary reasons this podcast exists. We want you to know that you are not alone. We all need encouragement, ideas, and perspective. If you feel like you got something inspirational or practical out of the conversation today, please share this episode with a friend who could use encouragement and connection. Simply share the link or take a screenshot and text it to a friend today. Thanks for listening. Here is another distinction. And I know that everyone is different, but I personally like to read nonfiction with my eyes. I want to sit with the content. I want to engage with it in a different way. I want to have a pen in my hand and underline and mark things that I want to come back to versus fictional stories. I like to listen to on audio because I can take in the story. I'm not, I'm not as concerned if I miss a specific fact, like, I mean, as long as it's not pertinent to that story, it's, it's all part of part of my enjoyment. And I just take it in as I'm moving about my life. But I know people who do exactly the opposite. They say that they cannot listen to fictional stories on audio because they get distracted and then they forget who's who and and they just, they don't pay as much attention if they're doing something else. And so you get to choose, um, but I'm guessing since you're a podcast listener, it wouldn't be a huge stretch to begin listening to audiobooks. And of course, if you have any questions about favorite books or setting up your Libby app, I am happy to help. So the last thing that we're going to talk about today is a book that I read in June. The book is called Love and Saffron, a novel of friendship, food, and love by Kim Fay. So this book, you guys, oh my gosh, so good. I'm going to read you this synopsis. Joan lives in LA and is just starting out as a writer for the newspaper Food Pages. Imogen lives on Kamano Island, writing a monthly column for Pacific Northwest magazine. And while she can dig for clams, she's never tasted fresh garlic. Exotic fare in the Northwest of 1960s America. Joan and Emmy's letters bridge the generation gap as well as the miles that separate them as their shared experiences blossom into the deepest of friendships. This novel was so good. So you can tell from what I just said that it's letters and it's so good. It's, it's amazing. It starts out when Joan sends a fan letter with some saffron to Imogen Fortier. A life-changing friendship by correspondence begins. And I just, it's incredible. Um, I loved this book so much that I, I listened to it, first of all, and then I ended up purchasing a physical copy because I wanted it in my personal library um, for the content of the book, but also because of how it was brought to me. And I just, I, I adore epistolary novels anyway. So if you do too, you will love this. And I don't know about you, but I have often wished that I was born in a different time so that I could experience the act of letter writing in a, in a better way. Obviously I can write a letter now, but it's just not quite the same as it was in the past. And I just am deeply drawn to handwritten letters. I heard on a podcast some time ago, um, it was the, what should I read next podcast? She had a guest on. And anyway, this woman finds love letters in flea markets and posts them online and, um, Anyway, she's a fascinating follow. So her Instagram handle is at flea market love letters. So you should definitely check that out. But 
this just interests me so much, this idea of handwritten letters. And this book was so engaging. I enjoyed the entire experience. I think in part, it was more special to me because of the way that the book came to me. My dear friend, Karen, um, generously sent me the audio version of Love and Saffron via Libro FM. And Karen, for Karen and me, our story of friendship has parallels with this novel. And it just makes this gift, like I said, all the more special. So here is the backstory of how Karen and I met. Back in May of 2020, I was a guest on a book podcast called What Should I Read Next? And after that podcast aired, I heard from a few women who listened, and then they reached out to me to say that they had enjoyed the show and that we had things in common in our reading life. So for the past two years, I've stayed in touch with two of these women, Missy and Karen both of whom I consider friends, even though we have never met in person. We regularly email, text, and video chat about books and about life. And it was really fun to read this book and just to consider the conversations that Karen and I have had over email. Um, Joan and Emmy use letter writing, handwritten letter writing, which changes the dynamics, right? Because you have to wait for the letter to arrive and all of that. But I have to say that this book served as a huge inspiration for me to make my letters, my email letters to Karen even better. So I hope that you will check out Love and Saffron by Kim Fay, And I also hope that you will write more letters. I hope that you found this information helpful today. Like you, I am human and I don't get it all right on this podcast or in real life. The point of since you asked at the comments is to promote learning and growth. So take only what you find useful and use it in your life. Do you have a question you want answered or a topic you'd like more information on? You can send your request, comments, and questions directly to me via direct message at the Commons with Carla or via email to Carla at CarlaOsorno.com. You can also comment on the episode page at CarlaOsorno.com slash podcast slash 70 or submit your question using the link in the show notes. There are many things that make us feel isolated and alone. But regardless of our backgrounds, there's so much we have in common, including a deep desire to connect, step into our true calling, and live lives of meaning and purpose. At the Commons, you will find inspiration to dig deeper and prioritize relationships, strengthen your families, and live a life of true, abounding freedom. Thank you for being a part of our community at the Commons. And thank you to Adkins Media Co. for their work on the show and to Donald Zimmerman for our theme music. That's it for this episode. In the words of Thomas Merton, love is our true destiny. We do not find the meaning of life by ourselves alone. We find it with another. Have a great week, everyone.